1: plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi and welcome back to How I Quit Alcohol. And today in the studio I've got a special guest. Her name is Lucy Slater. Hi, Lucy. Hey. Thank you so much for coming in. You're welcome. So, Lucy lives about 20 minutes away from from us here. She's in Millwilling Bar. So, tell us a a bit about your story with alcohol. Firstly, how long have you been sober for? Yeah, sure. Um,
2: I have been sober for three years next week. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah, which is quite amazing, really.
1: Can you tell us about your your journey with alcohol? Mm -hmm.
2: Of course. Um, So, for me, uh, drinking started young, um, 13
1: Wow, same. Mm -hmm.
2: Um, When I first had alcohol as well as pot, I smoked a lot of pot as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But alcohol was huge um, in my teenage years. Um, So, yeah, 13 was when I
1: started. And what brought that on? Was that just friends or
2: what was the... Um, Yeah, look, I I think friends. uh, Absolutely, I was surrounded by all of that. Mm. Um, But also, uh, it was part of my family. Um, mm. I grew up with alcohol, I was surrounded by it, yep. um, very normalised yep. in my family culture, mm. um, so for me, looking back, um, with all the work I've done, I can now see that I was very well prepped Yeah, um, to pick that pick that booze up. Yep. Um there was never any conversation around not, really. Yes,
1: in yep. the family? Did mum and dad know that you were drinking at that age no. or it was the seat yeah? Same. No,
2: they didn't. Um no they didn't
1: yeah growing up in a small country town as well that was the big thing that's just what we all did yeah and so i guess like me you were probably you just sort of go into that and it's just what happens and totally
2: it was totally normal and yeah. Um, yeah the small town thing i think you know we had a sense of boredom yes. being restricted by being in a small town area yeah um yeah, so it just naturally happened.
1: It's a hard thing when you're in a small country town and there is nothing to do, really. That's when it happens, I think, if it's boredom. Once the boredom kicks in. Were you a sporty kid or anything like that? No, or? hated sport. See, yeah, I think I'm just <laughs> going to keep my girls busy with sports, 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 yeah. sports. <laughs> I know. Yeah. yeah. So tell me about where did it go? Where did it take you, the alcohol? Um, Well, lots of places. Plenty
2: of them um, very messy and dark, um, mm. you know, also fun. I mean, it was both sides for me. And I'd say that when I was a teenager, um, really, it, it was an escape from pain as well mm. uh, and a way to uh, numb myself from, from things that were going on. So, you know, I guess it took me to a place where I didn't have to feel my feelings. Mm. Um, I didn't have to sit with myself. Uh, I could be in this other realm of yeah. alcohol yeah um which really took me away so it took me to that place for sure you know there's still part of me that misses and i think this was part of drinking there's still part of me that misses that that real shot of intimacy we get when we have that couple of you know couple of drinks mm. and it's like it brings you temporarily closer mm. to other people who are drinking with you and i feel like that was part of why i did it was i was craving closeness and intimacy mm. and the only way I knew how to possibly do it was through alcohol mm. um, I've learned different ways now but mm. um, back then yes it was probably part of my way of getting closer to people and having mm. less kind of
1: walls up because alcohol does dissolve those in a way I totally understand because I feel that part of uh, my drinking was for connection craving connection with family and friends and it's well what I've found I'm not sure as you just said you're not quite there yet, but I actually found it really quickly. I think it's to do with the work that Ash and I did on ourselves, but I feel I can connect way quicker and, and on a much deeper level. Where I mm-hmm. feel, well, half the time I'd connect with someone when I was pissed and then I couldn't even remember what they said anyway yes. yeah, the yeah. next day. Yeah. So that's interesting. And then that was also embarrassing because you'd have to, re- and then be like, "Oh yeah, didn't we we went there last night?" And I'm like, "Ah, yeah, mm-hmm, mm. yeah, <laughs> yeah." And it, it, it's
2: it's cheap, right? It's yeah. a cheap
1: intimacy it that is. we get on
2: booze, or that I got on booze. I can only you know speak my story, but um, yeah, yeah. it was a cheap kind of closeness and fix. It wasn't sustaining. Now mm. I I work on
1: nourishing long term,
2: mm.
1: sustaining intimacy and connection. Mm. Absolutely, yeah, and fantastic. It's so much more rewarding too, isn't so it? So much. Tell me about Drunk Lucy. What's oh, Drunk Lucy look like? <laughs> uh, Drunk Lucy. Gosh, three years ago, I'll have to remember that. Um, You
2: know, life of the party, worked the room. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, Loved that. Loved that side of it. Not going to lie about that. Mm. Um, you know, it gave me that boost, I guess. Mm. Um, so I'd talk to everyone. I'd it around. I was cheeky, you know, flirtatious for sure as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, all sorts of stuff, but definitely way more extroverted than I actually really am.
1: Mm, um, yeah.
2: It really masked my introvert. Um, I'm quite introverted, but I, I wouldn't have known that Yeah, a in lot my of drinking us, days.
1: I always say that we're introverted extroverts, a lot of us being yes, drinkers. That was me. <laughs> yeah, very much so. so. So, yeah. So, what made you want to stop? Like, what... Sounds like yeah. you're having a, a wonderful time, <laughs>
2: connecting and flirting, and well, that was the early days. Um, that was probably more when it was, you know, it hadn't kind of worn me down yet. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so what made me stop was, um, oh, a combination of things. So kind of hit a rock bottom.
1: I love um, rock bottom. Let's go there.
2: Yeah, let's go there. <laughs> All right. Hit. A- well, I've hit a few rock bottoms, but this was a rock bottom in my marriage in particular, mm-hmm. um, and we really. We were, were kind of in a in a pretty dark place, mm-hmm. and my husband went to see a therapist. Um, had started seeing a therapist because for me, I was deep into kind of new age spiritual stuff at the time. Um, so I was like, I don't need that. Mm. Um, so he went and and our therapist just happened to be 27 years sober and in 12 step. So he kind of planted that seed of mm. sobriety. Um, and I think that the harder things got in my marriage, the more booze featured. And it was becoming, a you know, as I mentioned to you in a message, it was a daily thing. I probably had, a, a, you know, it was just a glass of wine a day. It wasn't like I was having much more than that. But then it kind of ended up being every day and then it was like on the weekends we'd have extra and Mm. it really just, it was nasty Mm. and we would fight um, Mm. because we were drunk um, Mm. or even just tipsy. Mm. It just, it it made it messy and unhealthy. So I think it was for me, booze just really was a big feature in my dysfunctional um, unhealthy traits um Mm. in my relationship so it had to go and I just yeah it was around our wedding anniversary um I think we had kind of on our wedding anniversary we had uh some champagne and I said that's the last time
1: wow that's amazing so what would this like okay so you wake up the next day going wow okay (laughs) we're doing (laughs) this (laughs) yeah we're doing this yeah how how did you go about it what was your Did you have a plan? Um, I didn't
2: have a plan at that point. Um, I knew I was uh, – at that point I was in therapy, sorry. So by then I had actually gone to the therapist my husband was seeing as well. Mm -hmm. So I knew I had structure with him and I knew that I had that support um, with my therapist to Mm. stay sober. Mm. But obviously for me part of the plan was 12-step.
1: Oh, so you went to AA? Not AA, CODA. Oh,
2: what's that? So that's Codependence Anonymous, which is based on AA. Right. um, But it's for relationships. Okay, right. So 12-step, I have no doubt in my mind that I would not still be sober if it wasn't for the the program
1: right and are they similar steps like do you yes. can you rattle off the steps
2: uh, <laughs> um so step one is um admit it. this is in coder not aa but we admitted we were powerless over others that our oh, lives yeah, have become unmanageable uh-huh. so in coder it's over others so in, in aa it's um you've become powerless over um alcohol, alcohol. Mm-hmm. whereas in coder it's you've become powerless over others Wow. Um, and that um, my life had become unmanageable. Too came to believe, you know, power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity.
1: Um, so, right. So, what I'm getting, you did mention this in the messages that yeah. part of your issue too was the codependency issue. Absolutely. And so, is Huge. that also what led you to, you know, craving the connection, that kind of yeah. thing? Right. Yeah. Uh, well, look, I mean,
2: I, I absolutely know now, no doubt in my mind, I drank to uh, ease the pain of codependency. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, I, I, I don't identify personally as an alcoholic, mm. um, but I am 100% identify as a codependent and I also identify as an addict wow. in many ways um, yeah. because I am a kind of a general kind of addict where <laughs> yeah. I would just use different things to kind of uh, stop that pain yeah. of my dysfunctional pattern wow. um and it really is very uh it was very detrimental
1: wow that must be such an amazing thing to come through now mm. and are you feeling quite free of those patterns yeah, a lot more now
2: it's a it's a lifelong thing you know these patterns are ingrained in me from childhood they're mm. not going to go away in a weekend yeah um, yeah yeah but a lot of it, absolutely, I'm free from now, and you know, it will it will be a forever journey because, you know, we live life day to day, you know, mm. and there's the, the stuff that comes up on a day to day basis, you know. Mm. I was thinking this morning, I was like, I got to tell, tell Danny this. I was like, actually, you know, I still have to remind myself that other people are allowed to have their feelings, because mm. um, my husband was angry about something this morning mm. to do with. You know, with washing or is, mm. you know, something to do with that. And as a codependent, um, it's really hard when other people have strong feelings because we blame ourselves, we shame ourselves for it. Mm. Or, you know, straight away, you know, it was like, I'm into it's my fault mm. that he's angry. Wow. Um, and that's my codependency. So this morning, I can, you know, the difference being I can see it now. Mm. So it doesn't run me. So it's like this morning, I'm bang, my instant reaction was, oh, he's angry, it's my fault. But then I'm aware, I go, no, hang on. Mm. That's your codependency.
1: That's your
2: shame. That's your inner shame here talking.
1: It's really powerful when you can actually get to the point in your life. I'd read for years, reading Eckhart Tolle and all these people uh, talking about becoming an observer of your thoughts. And I was like, wow, that's a really cool thing. Yeah, that's a cool idea, but never actually doing it. And it's only recently that I've been able to really honestly become an observer of my thoughts Mm -hmm. and it's really powerful isn't it because you're so in control and you can go hang on stop there stop 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 pull back a bit and you can see you can see the patterns and you can see what's happening and you can just dismantle it and it loses all its power yeah it really does and I mean it's like I said it's still knee-jerk reaction
2: Mm. but it used to run my life like everything Mm -hmm. well that was that was that was my whole identity you know in a lot of ways that it ran me completely.
1: And so giving up alcohol has mm-hmm. that helped kind of ease that as well? Um, it, giving up alcohol has uh, put fuel on the
2: um, on the journey of recovery I would say. Mm. I feel for me uh, I would not have gone as deep and as far if I was still numbing with alcohol. Mm, so sure. I 100% knew that if I was going to get healthy which I desired more than anything else and still do and Mm -hmm. heal Mm. that I was never going to be capable of doing that without with substances
1: still in my life oh my god absolutely this is the thing this is the thing this is the whole thing it's like it's painful yes to sit in your own shit is painful and it stinks
2: (laughs) (laughs) it's it is not pretty it hurts
1: yeah it does but the payoff for that is freedom correct and it's that's alcohol Complete as just, just exactly what you just said. It completely masks that, and it's the barrier between that and freedom mm-hmm. and that freedom is it feels so good that's why I would so never good. go back that's why never. I could never drink again it's really inspiring to meet people like you and we've only just met so I yes. don't know Lucy so she'd <laughs> sent me a message on on my Instagram yeah and it's incredible I love to meet people like you because it's so inspiring mm-hmm. you've inspired me on quite a few levels already and I'm only we've only been oh. together for what 10 minutes it's lovely <laughs> Even, yeah well I have a whole community of people like me wow that are in my life now um, and aren't, and they must be equally as inspiring. Unbelievable. Mm.
2: I am not inspired by a guru or a spiritual master anymore. I'm inspired by people that walk hand in hand in me, with me wow. on the healing oh, journey. Oh,
1: that's so beautiful. Yeah. Yes, I understand. Yeah, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yes. yeah. Although Wayne Dyer is still my guru. Oh,
2: is you- <laughs> he? <laughs> Look, we can learn. I'm not saying we can't no, learn I know what you from mean. these people. Yeah. Mm. But for me... Um, uh, I mean, and this is also part of my story. I really did go on a spiritual bypass for about a decade um, mm. where I wasn't actually really doing the hard work of mm. healing myself. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for me, it was really important to understand. <laughs> I kind of had a, a an idea at some point that I, you know, could become enlightened in a way.
1: Mm. But
2: for me, that was really just bypassing being human. Wow, um, and now you know my goal now is to be as human as I possibly can, mm. to be on this planet and to be in my body, and to not avoid things about being human. Wow, um, because to do that is just um,
1: for me is actually
2: kind of more addiction in a way.
1: Wow, that's really powerful. That's a different spin on things, because I I go by the be more spiritual
2: yeah. <laughs> wow yeah, that's, that's really was me and that was me and by the time I hit rock bottom I actually was uh in doing a course with a very prominent spiritual teacher who I will not mention the name of tell me later though I'll tell you later <laughs> <laughs> um and I fried myself so incredibly um much on spiritual healing that I actually re-traumatized myself holy shit really Wow. So, for me, um, leaving New Age spirituality was part of my healing. My therapist said to me quite early on, you're not to do any of that for a year. Wow. And I was like, what the fuck? Uh, yeah, yeah. What do you mean? I'm not going to do that for a year. He said, Lucy, your reaction tells me
1: everything. Oh, my God. Wow. That's really interesting. Mm. So, do you do like yoga and things like that? Or? So, I actually was a yoga teacher. So, I've done mm. that.
2: Um You know, I don't, I wouldn't ever say that yoga is not ever part of my life, um, but I really had to go into a different direction because, Mm. uh, for example, meditation um, for me was just leaving my body Mm. um, and avoiding my body. um, And so I actually had to stop meditating um, because I was not really, I was high. How else can I put it?
1: meditation makes me high
2: (laughs) i thought that was good yeah and in a way it is like i i'm not saying i would never do it again but i had to have i have to have a period of time Mm. where i'm with myself and i'm not leaving the earth you know because when we go you know into our up there right this is Mm. where we go when we Mm. meditate we're Mm. going up into the we're connecting upwards Mm. when we connect upwards we're not grounded yeah. Grounding's everything for me. Wow. Everything. Yeah, wow. Everything now. It never used to be.
1: Wow, that's really interesting. I've never, ever heard that that take on things. So no, it's not a very common take. No. <laughs> especially it's around Especially here. around a bar in Shire. <laughs> <laughs> Shh, better not tell anyone that I'm saying this, but uh, <laughs> yeah. But I was there. I was that person. Yeah, I guess it also depends. Like anything, it's um, it's – how far you go into something or, or what it's giving you, if it's yeah. becoming an equal obsession, exactly, I guess then that's not. And I could, either. as I said, I can only tell my story. And then being an addict means that I
2: got addicted and I went mm. um, well because I was so desperate, you mm. know. And this comes from a beautiful place, right? It's not mm. that it was coming from this awful place, and that's, I think, sometimes the misconception with addiction, right? You know, I, I was really wanting to go somewhere. I was really wanting to heal those wounds mm. so desperately mm. that I was going to do anything to do it. To do it, mm. um, and what that meant was it became—I I, kind of went too far. Mm. Um, and I do take responsibility for that.
1: Mm. So, how does it look for you now? So, say mm-hmm. something comes up, something painful that's yep. from your past that you need to deal with. If you're not meditating or <laughs> listening to Wayne,
2: <laughs> how do you yeah. deal with it?
1: Tell uh, I have a secret weapon called 12-step. So, oh, right. um,
2: I attend meetings. Um, I go to those usually at least twice a week. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, that means I go there and I tell my story um, mm. to people and they listen. Um, mm. And the loving care of fellowship is like nothing else. Um, mm. Nothing's worked like it, like it has. Um, so, I use that. I sponsor people, so I'm, I actually help other people on their journey mm. who are early on. That helps me too. That keeps me grounded and keeps me real mm. um, because it's, you know, it, it. it's like I see other people struggle and I know that that's where I was mm. um, and it's only through the work that I do and the connection that I keep that I am where I am now, you know, I could quite easily be be there myself so Mm. it it really keeps me humble and grounded Mm. um and i'm also in therapy
1: wow is it energizing or is it exhausting
2: (laughs) depends on the day
1: yeah right so you were saying earlier that another thing that inspired me about you was that you were just saying earlier that you've taken up surfing yeah and you're th- how old? were 37. you Thirty-seven. Yeah. So you're thirty-seven. You yeah. started surfing at thirty-seven. Yeah, I did. Good on you. I know, right? I, mean, I and I, and again, it wouldn't be possible without recovery, without the work. Absolutely, I've done. yeah, yeah. It's that's fantastic. And what? So what? I mean, what other gifts has it brought you?
2: Because- oh my gosh. So for me, and I was, I know I mentioned you th- to this to you in the message. It's like I live a, a life beyond my wildest dreams you know for me it's like someone said to me quite early on sobriety gives you everything that alcohol promises and never
1: you oh know. yeah that's uh that's gold
2: so alcohol has a lot of promises that Can it, you say
1: that again um and so- go slow oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i really love that okay. um sobriety gives me everything that alcohol promises
1: wow mm, that's powerful
2: i love that yeah so you know um alcohol promises um Feeling good, yeah. feeling connected, feeling, you know, amazing. Confidence. Confidence, um, belief in yourself. Um, It it promises a lot of that and it it gives it temporarily, but Mm -hmm. it never delivers. Sobriety delivers that to me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that is the best quote I think I've ever heard. That's Mm. really great because all of those things, you think that's what you're getting from it and it's not until you're a little way down the track that you can look back and go... God, that was... Who was she? It was who a big was fat that? lie. Alcohol yeah. is a big fat lie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A big fat lie. Absolutely. Yeah, that we buy into a yeah. lot. Yeah. So, before you quit drinking, um, yeah. was there any blockages that... Anything stopping you, holding you back from from quitting? I'm, I'm getting a lot of messages from people saying, I want to quit, but... Oh, my God.
2: Yeah, the social thing, right? Yes, go. Please. Yeah, man. Like, I, I have to say, for the first year, and I, I mean, I'm... I'm always going to be honest about my journey. The first year was very painful, Mm. uh, particularly in social situations. And I think that's what holds a lot of people back and, you know, what held me back, um, and was very hard at the start so it was like i'd go to a wedding or a party or whatever it was and i would feel like an absolute dick you know like i'd feel like i was standing out like everyone was noticing that i wasn't drinking everyone was taking note and everyone was judging and were they no no. (laughs) again that was me right it's all me yeah so that was what i was doing to myself you know mm. you what's wrong I, I would have these inner and this is the this is the hard thing these inner voices that we have to hear when we stop drinking mm. and they got loud when I stopped for that mm. first year in particular
1: that inner critic it just really loves to go crazy doesn't that's it? nuts
2: man and then you're yeah. at that party and you're critic I'd be like what's wrong with you like why can't you just be like everyone else why can't you just drink like just be normal normal in inverted commas mm. and it really got loud so that that I think is definitely part of what stopped me
1: and when did that pass when did that ease
2: <sighs> um I, I mean like I said it was very loud for the first year but I think after that it got easier uh, but also my interests shift so it's like I don't I used to want to go to parties and stuff because I'd want to get mm. hammered right mm. or I'd want to get on the piss so but mm. it'd be like I'd want to do that but now I'm like I don't I don't want to do that. Mm. Um, I'm more introverted than I realized, as I mentioned. Mm. You know, for me, it's about getting together and doing things that don't revolve around alcohol. Mm. Uh, And I do that more and more. So, you know, I still go to social things where people
1: are drinking. I'm not ruled by it. Mm. Yeah. Um, The beautiful thing about introverted people is they've often got so many beautiful ideas and beautiful things to say. If they're allowed to sit in that silence and sit and be quiet, that's when all this amazing stuff usually comes up. So, part of your journey too would be really tapping into that introverted side and it can be really beautiful and rewarding as well to be an introvert. There's nothing wrong with that. It's like loving yourself, right? Yeah, and that's, that's your true essence of who you are. Yeah. So, when alcohol is coming in and making you this person that you're not, mm-hmm. it's oh, that's when things get out of whack.
2: Totally, and you know, part of the hangover was um, being someone I'm not mm. when I'm on alcohol, when I'm drinking, yes. when I was drinking. And um, funnily enough, you know, I've worked out that part of the hangover uh, is often just from being in those situations that I'm not naturally okay with. Yeah. So even after getting sober. I can go to parties now and be around people drinking, and I actually get affected energetically. Like where I'll feel a bit drunk. Oh yeah, I've got a friend that that, that happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we we can possibly call that codependence, but um, <laughs> <laughs> um. But then the next day I'd be like, oh my god, like I feel hungover, and yeah. I did not have a drop of alcohol. Yeah. So yeah, it wobbles me a lot wobbles me a lot and that's still that doesn't happen anywhere near as much but i would say to
1: people in the early days just be mindful of that that you're going to be wobbled was there any moments where you got a bit wobbly and thought stuff this i'm i'm drinking or Um, was there any big triggers
2: (sighs) Uh, I mean, triggers again. It's the it's the Christmases, it's the mm. birthdays, you know. All and how of did you that. get
1: through? So, if someone um, was asking I would you- call
2: on my program, on my fellowship. Anyone mm. I know that is in um, twelve step, I would I would be able to talk to. Um, so I would speak or speak in meetings about it. Mm. I'd talk to people. I'm struggling. I'm going. You know, I'm I'm going to a Christmas party on the weekend, and I know that it's going to feel hard for me, and just. Um, being able to say that out loud to a group of supportive people meant that I was able to get through it. But it's not not about being comfortable, yeah? Mm. It's about being uncomfortable and doing it anyway. Mm. There was never, you know, it was never about being in this blissful, amazing state when I'm at a party. Mm. Sometimes it is about being incredibly uncomfortable, Mm. incredibly you know, self-conscious and all these feelings that come up, mm. but doing it anyway. Mm. And the self-esteem we build from that mm. is phenomenal. Absolutely. Because yeah. we've done something hard, you know, it hasn't been an easy thing to do, but I did it. And that for me is recovery. It's like doing yeah. things I don't feel like doing. Yeah, Because if I continually just did things I felt like doing, it would be things like drinking or, yeah. you know, all these kinds of things that...
1: Yeah. that um, yeah, it's important to learn how to do things that feel very uncomfortable. I think that's what wakens our brain too. And if we just keep living life doing things that are easy, not yes. that waking up with a hangover is easy or no, acting like a, a moron is easy to deal with. Either I've found that very hard to deal with. But if we just keep on living on what's easy and not leaning into our fears, I don't know how you grow as a person. You like don't. What happens?
2: You just keep digging this bigger hole. You don't grow. No. And I tell you that from experience.
1: Yeah. Yes, it can be hard, but it's just so worth it and I've so worth it wish so much I could express that to people. Oh my gosh, right? Yeah. That's my mission. That is my mission. <laughs> yes. Awesome. <laughs> to just tell and show and teach people that that it's okay mm-hmm. and that you don't you don't need to do this to yourself. But to just sit in your shit and grow from it and learn and keep learning and growing as people. Yes. It's not for me, this whole journey, I realized a couple of days ago, cause I thought it was all about quitting drinking, but it's not just about quitting drinking. It's about the whole growth that comes with it and who you can be or who you envisage yourself to be at the end of this life that we're in you know and I don't want to waste it obviously you don't because you're doing all the hard work you know
2: it was like I have always had it in me from a very young age that I wanted something more Mm. that there was something more to this than Mm. what I was seeing in front of me and Mm. what I was living yeah and that's what I do now yeah and you've got to go through all that other stuff
1: too. You've, oh, yeah. You know, it's all part of it. Oh, that.
2: yeah. I had to break. Yeah. I had to hit rock bottom. Mm.
1: I pray for rock
2: bottom mm. for some people because mm. you, you you won't change unless you have that kind of pain. Why would you?
1: No. They say ruin is the road to transformation. It's, it's a gift.
2: It is a gift. It doesn't feel like it at the time. It feels like shit. Yeah. <laughs> feels awful you yeah know, some of the you know very painful but you know it,
1: it is a hundred percent a gift so do you have any tools so when you're going to said christmas party do yeah. you, what's in your armory there so you're getting there you're walking in the door you're feeling a bit uncomfortable and nervous yeah what tools do you use to yeah get so through? as
2: i mentioned i talk about it beforehand with people i know but also i'd grab kind of like a, just any drink Mm-hmm. Like a lemon, lime and bitters or a sparkling water or whatever, yeah. have something in your hand. Yeah, um, I was taught quite early on to gravitate towards the people who are social drinkers. So, that's going to wobble you a lot less. So, if, you, if you're talking to someone who's really hammered, yeah, or like right on into the booze, it's going to be a lot harder for you to stay in your center, wow. it's going to be a lot harder mm. for you to stay grounded. Mm. So, I was taught quite early on, single out, you know, who's here in this room I can see is just having one or two.
1: Yeah. So, and you're still working the room. But still working the room, but just from a sober <laughs> perspective.
2: Is. Yeah. <laughs> so, you learn, you learn to pick that out quite quickly. Mm. So, you learn who's, who's kind of the one who's just going to have a couple and we can just have a chat that's not going to yeah. be insane yeah so that's one thing another thing is turn up early and help be part of the setup oh, so wow. if you're part of the setup you'll feel part of it
1: wow you feel
2: connected in a different way that's great um and you feel more grounded i can't take credit for that this is this is all stuff i've learned from you
1: know, that's great people. i've never heard that yeah so Thank you're you. there for the setup um and that
2: really helps and then have a time limit
1: i think too when you don't drink people might be like oh she's coming she's so sober one pain in the ass boring but now you're there helping to set up. They're like, oh, we've got to invite her. Yeah, <laughs> you're yeah. now useful. <laughs> yeah, funny, isn't it? That ostracism. Oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's that's a big one. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to put people off. And what else? Is there anything else? I mean, um, that's and then yeah,
2: possibly a time limit. So you know, for me, it's important to um, um, I'm sober. I'm not going to stay there till midnight. Yeah, same. So I have a time limit and I stick to it. And this is called boundaries.
1: Well, wow, right. Which is what
2: we learn. So, yeah, I have a boundary with myself. I say 10 p.m. latest.
1: That's really nice too because then you still get to get home and have a shower oh and cup of tea. And sleep's everything, bed. right? Yeah, well, sleep's amazing. Oh, my God. How so good is sleep? So
2: good. Better than anything. <laughs> so, particularly when you've got kids.
1: Um, I sleep so – I'm not a great sleeper anyway, but I'm working on that. But mm. I, I do – I just like getting up early. I love being up before the sun. Oh,
2: my gosh. Like early and I think that's one of the things that keeps you going early in, in sobriety is that um, – I would have these amazing moments where I'd wake up in the morning, I'd be like, I'm not hungover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Like how amazing Mm -hmm. that I went to a wedding last night Yeah, and I've
1: woken up and now I get to have another great day. I know, it's another great day. It is an incredible gift. I know. I used to wake up when I was drinking, always at about three in the morning. And get that anxiety feeling. Yes. The horrors, I called it. Yeah. And then I could never go back to sleep. And so, I'd be just dog tired all day and just sort of shaky and feel so bad. Yeah. And then also worrying about what had transpired the night before or whatever. So, that would just this big anxiety ball Mm -hmm. going throughout the day. Mm -hmm. And trying to function and uh, run a business was almost impossible. Oh,
2: I don't know. It's crazy. Hey, once you get sober, you're
1: like, how? And why? How and why? Why? Why?
2: I know. There is another way.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I uh, look, I acknowledge that some of those times were, were fun and whatever, but yes. this fun now that I'm having is so much more fun.
2: It's like, you know, your life is something beautiful mm. that you do not have to escape from. Yes, yes. You know, that that's my life now. It's mm. something I've created um, and it's something I love. And I don't need to escape from it. And that's not Mm. saying I don't have hard moments. Mm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But I know how to deal with that when it happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: amazing how much insight you can gain too. Like this morning I had something come up was really bothering me and I was feeling a bit anxious this morning, but I just thought, no, no, no. And I observed the thoughts. I did all that and completely flipped it. And then I went out into the beach and, you know, really got it clear in my head and, did some mental exercises and I, I I could see the gifts in it as yes. well. You know, what I was so upset about. I was like, No, no, this is an opportunity to do this and this this is a gift here and blah blah blah. And before I just would have tripped out on that all day. Days exactly. weeks. It's like it affects you less, right? Yeah. So it's like instead
2: of it being a month, I'm yeah. now I have two days maybe yeah. mm. before I've, I'm able to pro- and I'm talking big stuff like yeah. you know little things it's a couple of hours but yeah bigger things you know it'll affect me for you know a couple of days a week tops mm. um and then I'm just uh, uh, like for me that's a that's miraculous in itself like there mm. is just so many things that are miraculous about living this life but mm. it's like you know it just amazes me even that I haven't had a drink for three years
1: yeah it's, it's awesome. a miracle yeah, good on you. And I love the fact hey said that you've started surfing. I think that's yeah. awesome. And it's I think I'm going to do the same. Yes, so send me their it. number. Who's it through? Um her name's Boleyn and she's Salty Girls. Um, salty Girls. Yeah, I Yeah, surf school. Just so she was a she's
2: she used to compete um and she started to teach women and realized she loved it. So mm. she's taught for a long time. Um and you know, it, it's like I get to do this stuff cuz I'm sober, right?
1: Mm. Yeah, because you wouldn't be doing it if you were hungover. It's just so much time that was taken up with with alcohol. I know. Isn't that amazing? I'm always amazed at that, like what I fit into a day. And I don't stop too. There's no Netflixing or anything like that for me. But I don't stop, but I love it. And I'm just, you know, learning and and doing this and doing that. And there is so much time. Oh, my God. Where before, I'd be lucky to – I remember – when we were in Bali too, like waking up really hungry and I have to do like a, a meeting for my business or something, I'd either just cancel it, not do it, just, yes. not, just not attend. Flake. Yeah, um, a total flake. Yeah. <laughs> oh, flaked all the time. Flaked everyone, always. Yeah, man.
2: That's, yeah, that's part of it.
1: Yeah, but yeah. there's there's no flaking now. <laughs> Just good yes. um yeah it's just it's incredible we do definitely
2: get more reliable
1: yeah so if you could go back to 13 year old lucy and mm. and just talk with her and sit with her what would you say oh wow i would talk to her about
2: alcohol mm. you know and i would mm. actually speak about um the reasons it's not good because i i was never taught as i said mentioned earlier no one said that mm. like no one no one sat me down and said hey, you know, alcohol can really affect your body and your mind. Um, you know, it means that you'll have um, even just the physical symptoms but also, you know, the mental mm. um, problems with depression and anxiety that will come up. You know, I'd I'd talk about that uh, in a gentle way, not in a judgmental kind of shaming way but mm. in a gentle way. Um,
1: and I would say you don't have to do this. hmm yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I also was wondering too with your family, because I know with with my family, are big drinkers. Yes, um, they can be a bit of a trigger for me. For so, sure. and at first, and um, the first year, particularly when I'd see them, I was really nervous about what they would think of me. Mm-hmm. Did you have a similar thing? Yeah, yours?
2: absolutely. I really worried about what they'd think. And how um, are they now with it? You know, it's funny with my family. It's uh, we don't talk about it. We kind of told everyone back at the start, you know, we're not drinking anymore. Um, And they just kind of went, okay you know, sort of like that. But there was never really a discussion Are they talkers? It.
1: Are they big talkers? No, not
2: really. I wouldn't say that. And so part of my healing has been learning to not get kind of external validation for what I'm doing on my path. Mm. Um, so I don't need to get permission or tell anyone mm. why I'm choosing what I'm choosing. That's no one else's business really, mm. including my family. Mm. So I would, you know, for me, it was about uh, our boundaries, you know, around my that little seed right Mm. it's like a little seed at the start Mm. um when we begin and we have to protect that seed and if that means not kind of having a conversation about it to keep yourself safe then you know that's what needs to be done and is
1: what i did that's smart yeah that's really smart actually that's a great that's a great metaphor too like just seeing as this sort of precious and fragile little seed very precious Mm. so i'm i choose what i tell who so, you know, I come here
2: and I talk to you about it today. But, for example, I probably wouldn't share this talk with my family because they don't they don't want to know, quite yeah. frankly, yeah. you know, like at the end of the day. And I guess it's important to talk about this because I know there are a lot of people out there with similar situations where their family, they don't want to talk about that because mm. they want to be drinking and they want to be living. Mm. And when we're when we're sober, sometimes we can remind people that, you know, there's a
1: different way and that can be hard
2: sometimes. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I think I think that's why you don't get the invites to the parties as much anymore too, because people don't want to witness there for that, that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, they have to look at themselves, right? Yeah. Um, and
2: yeah. that can be hard. So, you know, that therefore in turn, I have to take care of myself. And if I'm going into a situation where people will be triggered by my sobriety and triggered by my recovery, I'm very careful with what I what I speak about, um, which is huge for me. Like, if you'd known me three years ago, I was what was called an oversharer. Oh, Um, I'm a
1: total oversharer. It's probably why I've got a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) For me, though, that was
2: uh, actually unhealthy because it was like I was constantly telling people and everyone about everything that was going on. It was like this constant kind of like verbalization of my traumas and verbalization of like everything. Uh, what I've learned is to um, contain myself. Oh my god, I've got to get where you are.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe you'll be my guru. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh fuck, I hope not. <laughs> no, nope, do not. No. Nope. Yeah,
1: oversharing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Everyone oversharing. Who knows me can attest to my. Yeah, oversharing so for
2: me, nature. but you know what's funny about that, Danny, was that I used to say to people, "I'm so vulnerable. I'm a complete open book." Mm. But do you know what? It actually isn't vulnerability. It's mm. it's. I, I was using that to hide. If I just tell everyone all this stuff, they won't really see who I am. Oh, wow. God, yes. (laughs) You're good. Sorry. (laughs) Hate to break it to you. But yeah, that, that that was me. So, I had to learn. Funnily enough, for me, recovery has not necessarily been learning to speak more.
1: It's been learning to close my mouth more. Learning to speak less. Yeah. Well, that's interesting the with the family too. And I often found, well, I found with my family, it was more in my head anyway than it was in oh, theirs. Yeah. I don't think they gave a shit. Totally. I, was, I mean, of course they wanted me probably to have a few drinks with them, but that's only momentary where they just they just carry on with their business anyway. And they've actually been wonderfully supportive. Um, yes, that's awesome. Yeah, my siblings. So, that's Really great. Yeah, that's really it's nice. It's funny how much we build things up in our own heads 1st totally. it's not We're our own worst enemy, right? Yeah, and our focus is so on ourselves. We're often so focused on ourselves that yeah. we think that people are going to be thinking things that they're just not. No, they're, they're not. they're worried about they themselves. Really,
2: oh, and it's funny, I now go to parties and I've learned, again, it's like keeping my mouth closed. At the start of sobriety, I felt this kind of obligation, I better tell everyone I'm not drinking.
1: Yeah. But what
2: I've learned is part of the trick or the secret weapon is to just not tell anyone.
1: You oh God, can do yes. that too.
2: Particularly yeah. really early on. Like yeah. until you get more pri- like more pride around I'm um, sober Yeah. early on, um, you don't have to
1: tell anyone. You can get a you know, a fizzy drink. Yeah, and what if someone said to you, um, Oh, aren't you drinking? What do you say? Um, no I'm not. End of story. Yeah, that doesn't have to do be Do I owe big... anyone any more than
2: that? Yeah. <laughs> 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 I don't.
1: Because it's my life. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, you really, you just keep it light, you keep it simple.
1: Yes. I mean, unless,
2: I also have had times where, you know, in order to protect that beautiful seed, I can lie. Mm. Like I'm on antibiotics or... (laughs) If that's what it takes... Yeah. I'm 100%. Yeah, wow. And I'm not saying go and do that every single time, but if that's what it takes in those early days where you're really shaky... Yeah, you know, we're talking the first, you know, month or yeah. two, um, yeah, which is really the the is the pressure point. That's that's the time where you're most likely mm. to break, right? Yeah. So if it takes you lying mm. for your own health and your sobriety, yeah, fucking lie, fucking lie. <laughs> I gotta go. My, my my therapist used to say, "Tell him Julia Gillard's coming for lunch." <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, he would be like, just fucking lie. Like, Julia um, Gillard's coming for lunch. I've got to go. Like, this is even phone calls. Like, where you – yeah, because we learn in um, – we also learn in, in Coda to um, have healthier relationships. So, we learn to not let people um, dump on us. We learn to have boundaries. We learn, like, if we're having conversations where we're getting uh, enmeshed or we're getting too far into this and people are really, like, using us as a therapist or, like, X, Y, and Z, mm. We learn boundaries. i got to go. i got to go. Julia Gillard's coming to lunch. i got to go. I'm going to use that. Do it. <laughs> <Julia> <laughs> Whatever. X, Y, Z. Like, anything. Oh, my kids need me. Like yeah. yeah. It's boundaries. Like, it's so important.
1: Yeah. Ash and I were just talking about that the other day because I can often be people's dumping grounds as well. Can you? Yeah. And, um. yeah, I need to probably set up some boundaries for that sort of stuff as well. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Which is great. Like, it's nice for people to share sometimes. But when it's yeah. constantly and you're not... There's not an equal exchange going on. Yes, and I would also
2: check in with your um, the reason you're someone's dumping ground. What are you getting out of that? Mm, Yeah, nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Really? Because I don't know. Think about it. Mm. Because we do often get something out of that, right? Um, Sometimes if we're someone's Mm. dumping ground, we can feel our own self-esteem get boosted. Mm.
1: Yeah.
2: because we're helping someone yeah. so we can bolster our own self-esteem. So if we tune into these kinds of things, Mm. oh, why am I doing that? Why am I someone's dumping ground? What am I getting out of this? Because you wouldn't be doing it if you weren't.
1: Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, yeah. If you weren't
2: getting something out of it. Yeah, absolutely.
1: You're a very wise woman for your 37 years. Thank you. That's nice. (laughs) And um, yeah, well, thank you for the inspiration and the chat. You're so welcome. I think you're amazing. Oh, my God. And um, <laughs> you're also wearing Renee Love Francis pants. My favourite
2: brand. I love supporting women and I love um, designers who are, you know, lo- more local.
1: Yeah, Renee's amazing. And aren't yeah. her clothes, are, now it's going to be a plug, she's not, spo- you know, she's not paying for this. <laughs> She's not paying for this <laughs> but podcast. But don't they feel luxurious? They're comfortable.
2: They're oh, amazing. Oh and God. they're made for all body types. I know, yeah. I love that. It's an incredible brand. Absolutely, I'll plug it.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Shayla's like, Renee Love Francis. Uh, dot com yeah, so good <laughs> I know and she I love too how she will use bigger women or tiny yes. women she's yeah. just she's all about the embrace she's gorgeous so alright well thanks Lucy you're for coming in it was awesome it sounds like you've got it nailed I don't think so good luck <laughs> I try my best you're doing well yeah it's amazing and Thank you're very you. brave thanks thanks for coming on and sharing your story